Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Andrew Ellsworth, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Ellsworth's specialty is family medicine. He works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Ellsworth. Good morning, Laura. Thanks for being here on the radio with us this morning. Appreciate you Appreciate that. You bet. Nice to be here. Nice to talk to everybody. Happy July, everyone. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July. We, uh, In these summer months, we are giving out uh, one of Dr. Holmes' books once a month to our callers. So last week was our final week of June, and I got to make that first phone call to the winner of June's book drawing. And so I just want to remind everyone, it's a new month, a new chance to get your name in for our summer drawing. So to encourage your questions, give us a call, and we will take your question and get you entered into our monthly drawing for your choice of one of Dr. Holmes' books, Life's Final Seasons or A Picture of Health. Your questions will remain anonymous, but be sure to provide your name and phone number when you call in your questions so we can contact the winner at the end of the month. So we've got some great people here in the studio ready to take your questions and write those down and bring those up to us. So uh, I hope you'll give us a call this morning with your questions. We love hearing from our listeners and talking about the topics that are important to you. And as I walked in this morning, we are already handed a question. Dr. Ellsworth, what would be causing constant nosebleeds, mostly in one nostril? Well, there can be vessels in the inside, inside your nose, mm-hmm. typically on the septum, that middle part in, in between in your nostrils. Okay. And there's superficial vessels, you know, blood vessels that can, that can bleed easily. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes if there's one that's there, you know, if, you're get, if it's getting dry and then cracks and bleeds, dry cracks and bleeds. So putting a little Vaseline inside your nose can be helpful or a humidifier in your house or in your bedroom could be helpful. Of course, don't pick your nose, stuff like that. Now, granted, if you're on aspirin or blood thinners, you're going to bleed easier too. Um, sometimes uh, in the clinic, uh, we can cauterize um, that vessel and kind of uh, close it off mm-hmm. a little better so it's less likely to bleed. Okay. Um, and so uh, that's, that's one option. If it just keeps happening, you might want to come in and get that cauterized. Just a little chemical cautery to help, help shrink that vessel, help make it to not bleed as easily. Okay. Could it be something, is, is it something to worry about? Um, or when does it become, I mean, obviously it's inconvenient. It's always a bummer when those things happen. But is there anything to be worried about or a point where you're like, oh yeah, you better really come in. Let's check this out. Well, I mean, if you can't get it to stop bleeding. Now hold pressure for, you know, a long time if you can. You know, at least five minutes, which feels like forever. Okay. But, you know, maybe you need to even hold it longer. Okay. Maybe take 15 minutes to hold pressure on your nose. And it's not that, you know, we used to, sometimes people have said, tilt your head back 
Well, no, we don't recommend that because we don't want you ch- choking on it or coughing up blood or anything else like that. Uh, so, so just go ahead and keep your head forward and just just hold your nose tight to there to hold pressure on it and um, help it to stop bleeding. Okay. That's uh, true for anything that's bleeding. You know, holding pressure and giving it time is, uh, is, is the first step. Having patience, just sitting there yeah. holding pressure. Yes. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah, you, as you describe the um, spot in the nose that might just kind of be a repeat um, opening, I'm picturing like a sore on our hands or something. You have to give it a chance to heal. Otherwise, it just keeps bleeding i guess right right? opening up again so yep yep now granted you know as far as something worrisome i mean you know on your skin if you've got something that doesn't want to heal and keeps coming back you pick it keeps coming back doesn't want to heal that's concerning for possible skin cancer much much less likely that it's a cancer with the nose now it's still possible so you might want to get it looked at okay you know so get it looked at see if it's something that needs to get cauterized or something that needs to get biopsied or something Mm -hmm. but um in less likely inside the nose, but it certainly happens. So another reason to get it looked at. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that question. And we're going to be going to our first break shortly, which will allow all of our listeners to call in with your questions and get entered into our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. Call us now at 605-692-1430. 605 1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Tobacco can lead to tobacco, nicotine dependence, and serious health problems. Quitting smoking has immediate as well as long-term benefits for you and your loved ones. Make the decision to be smoke-free. Stopping smoking is associated with many health benefits. If you smoke, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. That's 784-8669. Or call the Avera Medical Group Brookings for help to quit smoking today. 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to answer your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. During these summer months, if you call in with a question, you will be added to our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. So give us a call at 605-692-1430. Andrew, this couple weeks ago, we had an opportunity to go camping and experience all of the wonders and a few of the inconveniences and nu- nuisances of the great outdoors. Uh, and you talked about that in your essay this week for Prairie Dog. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, we were camping in Minnesota, and, and it was an awesome experience because we had to canoe across the lake to get to our campsite. So it was like you know, kind of like a mini Boundary Waters experience, and that was a lot of fun uh, for us, except that then it stormed and hailed on us, and uh, <laughs> and then we decided and it was going to storm the next night, so we actually packed up a bit. Packed up and... <laughs> 
Went to a hotel for the night. <laughs> we had had enough of storms. Our but, poor but, family, our poor kids. You know that derecho in May. They just were all just a little on edge. And then you're in a tent and it's hailing on you. And that was kind of a lot. And so with all our we stuff, needed a break. We went back and forth a few times because then we went back again for the third night and set up camp again. <laughs> and then it was the wind. Yes. So we had experienced all different weather except for snow. <laughs> um, but we had some beautiful times too, and, and, and the water's crystal clear, and it's a great experience for them. It was the most caterpillars we'd ever seen. So before. many caterpillars. You couldn't sit down, all of a sudden you got a caterpillar. Crop. Caterpillars <laughs> on your legs, caterpillars <laughs> all over the tent. The mosquitoes the- weren't so bad, uh, but, the, but the ticks, there were some places with lots of ticks and uh, some flies. Um, uh, and so that's how I, what I wrote about in the essay was, was about ticks. And, and sure enough, you know, we'd look for ticks, but, and, and we're careful, left most of the stuff in the garage when we got home because of the caterpillars and the ticks. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the Eli had found one on him uh, that night. And then two days later, I found one on me, but he wasn't very big. So I don't think he was there the whole time. I think he crawled. I think he was in our laundry or something yeah. and found you later. <laughs> Um, and so it was a reminder how to take off ticks and a mm-hmm. chance to teach our children that and, and how you don't just squeeze with your hands because then you often won't get the head very well. So you probably want to use a, a tweezers um, and get as close to the skin as possible, right where it's attached, and so you get the whole, the whole tick. Pull straight out. Yep, Does apply nice even pressure and pull. Don't twist, right? Don't twist. Don't jerk that head off. Right. So we've heard enough, or I've heard enough now about Lyme disease. So that is obviously the concern when there is ticks. And so after that um, tick encounter, uh, I asked you, of course, and you said, you know, we were going to watch for a rash or anything like that would be signs and symptoms of that. So tell us what, if we do encounter a tick, what are some uh, things we should watch for if we are worried about Lyme disease? Well, the thing... One thing is is that the um, deer tick is mm-hmm. the one that carries this Borrelia burgdorferi uh, spearkeet species on them uh, that actually can cause Lyme disease, and so um, and that's primarily to the east. So really, in South Dakota, we we don't have much for deer ticks. Uh, we have those wood ticks. So the deer ticks are the black-legged tick. We really should call it the black-legged tick. And and, and we have the American dog tick, or, uh, which we often call the wood tick. Oh, so we have here. a whole different, whole different tick type here. of tick around right. here that, right. you, that hasn't been one to carry Lyme disease usually. Right. Okay. Now it can carry other stuff. Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which we could get into. Sure. But as far as Lyme disease, it's mostly east. So you'd be more worried maybe in Wisconsin and further east than there. You can in Minnesota, I think. But uh, um, even on this trip, we saw wood ticks and not deer ticks. Yeah. But yeah, something to look up before you go, What what which the difference in the ticks. Just uh, look at pictures on the computer. Um, but uh, with with Lyme disease, um, in the in the first few days of symptoms, um, usually within a week or two, um, you can get this erythema migrans rash, which is like this target-like rash with a kind like of a... Like a bullseye. Like a bullseye with okay. a central clearing and then red around around the outside. Um, and so that 
is a characteristic and uh, good good reason to come in and get seen and, and probably get on antibiotics to get it treated early um, before it because it ca- Lyme disease can stick around for a long time and affect many different organs and your nervous system and and so in your brain and your skin and your joints and cause arthritis and unfortunately there's some people that can go years and and have all these symptoms and not figure out what's going on necessarily until finally if someone figures out it's Lyme disease, possibly. Is it so one of those things you can't really... You can do a blood test for okay. it. Okay. But, you know, it could come back positive that at one point you had had Lyme disease or it had gotten it and, you know, was this it or not, but yeah. Uh, so it's hard to link the causation. Necessarily, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but it can cause fatigue... Um, low appetite, headache, neck stiffness, muscle aches, joint pains, swollen lymph nodes, and fever, it's a 16%. So, you know, it's not a classic one we're causing a high fever. Some of the other tick-borne illnesses, they're, they're you know, in general, if you've been around ticks and then a week later, you've got fever, rash, headache, and stuff, good reason to get checked out. And, and a lot of times, the earlier you're treated with an antibiotic, the better. Okay. So. Yeah, it seems like the stories I hear about Lyme disease, it is really tricky to maybe get that diagnosis figured out. Um, and it might even take years. Uh, you know, we, we just ran into a family friend uh, this past weekend that was sharing about that, how it took mo- many years to really yeah. find the diagnosis. And then... Um, this person was having some issues with mobility and things like that. But um, I also know a young person, you know, uh, someone in their 20s who's had it and then um, has been struggling with a lot of health issues since then. So is it true Lyme disease really, I mean, can affect anybody, right? Yeah. Kids or elderly, yeah. right? Anywhere in between. Okay. Yeah. And so. the earlier treatment, the better. Um, and a lot of times it's something with any of these tick-borne illnesses where we treat before we can say for sure that's what it is because um, the blood test can take quite a while to get back. Okay. So around here, um, we have on the wood tick, you can get Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Mm. Um, I haven't heard of that one. And, and that what's not very common. It looks like in South Dakota we get maybe a couple cases a year, two to three cases a year, but... Um, uh, sometimes it could be more, you know, some maybe aren't getting de- detected, Sure. but it really needs to get treated with antibiotics within five days to help prevent it from becoming more serious or even fatal, actually. Okay. So, and that's one where it can cause fever, nausea, vomiting, muscle aches, headache, and, uh, and a rash. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of it, same story with a lot of these and other things too, like West Nile virus cause mm-hmm. fever and headache and a rash. Mm-hmm. And that's, we're starting to get into West Nile viruses. I can't remember if you guys have talked about that on the radio I lately. I think we have recently. Or not, but that's something to consider too. Um, and, you know, that comes from mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. So with all these things, of course, we know it's great for us to be outdoors and there's many many benefits health benefits to being active and being outdoors uh so what are some of the precautions you recommend we take to avoid these situations um you know with the ticks Mm -hmm. um you know they like they start low and they may end up in your hair but they crawl up and so they attach to your feet and and crawl up so wearing long pants maybe tucking your so- your pants in your socks and, and keeping yourself covered so they can't get to your skin as easily 
would be the first step. Maybe wearing a, a insect repellent that's also a tick repellent uh, could be helpful. Of course, that's going to be helpful for prevention of mosquitoes is insect repellent, avoiding being out at times when their mosquitoes are more likely to be out in the dawn or dusk period. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, if you're out when there's a breeze, they're less likely than when it's completely still and muggy and, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and right. the sun setting. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, prevention, just mm -hmm. avoiding those times or wearing screened uh, coverings, you know, depending where you're going to be at and, uh, and, and, and spraying if appropriate. So. Okay. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We did have a question come in, so we will address that after this break. Uh, but if any of you have a question, please do give us a call now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. And we will get you added into our summer drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. So give us a call now at 605-692-1430. Everyone should have smoke alarms and carbon monoxide detectors in their homes. Carbon monoxide is an odorless, colorless gas that can cause sudden illness and death. Take a few minutes to ensure your alarms are in good working order. Replace the battery at least once a year. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call now at 605-692-1430. And we will also get you added into our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. So give us a call with your question at 605 692 1430. Before the break, Dr. Ellsworth was telling us all about ticks and uh, how to safely remove those, what to watch for, um, for possible diseases associated with those. You had a follow-up comment you wanted to make, Andrew? Oh, you know, I'm pretty sure one time someone called in asking about ticks, mm -hmm. and we clarified that they are part of the arachnid family. So closer to like scorpions Ooh. and such and have eight legs like spiders um, and only two body parts, the head and the abdomen, as opposed to insect. It's not an insect with six legs and three body parts. It's it's more like the, the scorpions, like I said. So, gotcha. Yeah. Creepy and crawly yeah. nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> Something to so avoid. Interesting. Either yep. way. All right. Well, I wanted to get to this question we had. Um, does the Brookings Health System have a geriatrician on staff? If not, is it in the works? And how beneficial is a geriatrician? So let's start, Dr. Ellsworth. What is a geriatrician? A geriatrician would be someone who specializes and only sees elderly patients. Okay. And, uh, you know, we could keep a geriatrician busy here. That'd be excellent. Um, but uh, there are few and far between. Um, there is, it would be a, a family doc or an internal medicine doc that did a fellowship uh, to be a, to in, in geriatrics. Um, but experience and time and in your training and residency, where yeah, family docs and internal medicine docs are trained to take care of elderly and, and, uh, and so 
uh, usually they, they don't go back for more training just for that. That'd be great if, if, if someone was willing to do that and were to come to Brookings and we'd be certainly happy to take them, but there's just extreme few of them. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but I think we've had some great docs that can take care of patients uh, um, of Jer the, of the geriatric population. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you think of Dr. Holm. I mean, he basically wrote a book on it. Right. Uh, and he was not tech. He, I mean, you could call him a geriatrician or myself a geriatrician because I take care of patients that are older as well as majority of our docs do. Mm -hmm. um, and so in a way, we're all geriatricians. Uh, but as far as uh, fellowship trained geriatrician, there's never been one in Brookings to my knowledge. Okay. Um, but we've certainly had people well qualified that you could call them geriatricians. Right. Uh, Andrew is just doing some research now on his continuing education opportunities with me because um, those are usually a great opportunity for us to get away and have a little time together too. So I'm sure there are training opportunities and continuing education, which I know you physicians are always doing, that uh, focus on this geriatric practice. Absolutely, well. yeah, I've definitely had ongoing talks about geriatric topics and you know some of those topics would be you know how to start stopping some medications and mm. hospice care and uh, palliative care and focusing on quality of life necessarily quantity of life and 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 helping to prevent falls and um nutritional concerns and trouble swallowing. I mean, the list goes on and on. And these are things we, we, we learn about all the time. We do 150 hours uh, or more uh, every three years mm -hmm. of training for, for MDs and DOs uh, for ongoing continuing medical education. And so that's roughly 50 hours a year of where we're not in the clinic, um, but we're learning focusing on continuing to learn yeah, right that's a good good thing to do all right well thank you for that question on um geriatricians now we now we know that was great if you have a question you want to call in give us a call now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address we are going to go to our final break shortly so this is a great time to give us a call we thank you for listening to our radio program on kbrk and on our podcast we will return following this informative message from the avera medical group drinking and driving is a threat to everyone did you know that every day about 30 people in the united states die in a motor vehicle crash that has involved an alcohol impaired driver this amounts to one death every 51 minutes. Driving drunk is never okay. Choose not to drink and drive and help others to do the same. And remember to buckle your seatbelt every time you are in the car. The Avera Medical Group Brookings is concerned about your health and safety. Please call 697-9500 if you have health concerns. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. During these summer months, if you call in with a question, you will be added to our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. So give us a call now at 605-692-1430. Earlier in the program, we were talking some about 
Lyme disease and ticks and even touched on West Nile and mosquitoes. Uh, another topic we wanted to talk about is poison ivy. Tell us more about what we should be aware of when it comes to poison ivy as we're out enjoying the beautiful outdoors around the Midwest here. Well, leaves of three, leave them be, right? I, hopefully many of you out there have heard that before. But uh, yeah, if you're going to be out in the woods and, and camping, a good idea to um, maybe freshen up and, and look for a couple pictures of what poison ivy and poison oak and for that matter, poison sumac look like. And uh, there's actually oils on the leaf that cause the skin reaction. Mm -hmm. And it's actually kind of like an allergic reaction that we as humans make to the, that oil. Um, and uh, in some people, it can be worse than others. Mm -hmm. But most people are sensitive to it and cause um, a, a bad rash uh, that's itchy too oftentimes and can, can even blister up. Um, depending on how much you get on you. And uh, so trying, once again, prevention, wearing the long pants, avoiding those areas where they're at. And then if you do get some on your skin, wash it off right away, ideally with soap and water, but at least if you're by a river or a creek or a lake, you know, at least get it off that way if you can. Um, and uh, to lessen your exposure. Um, the rash is not contagious, okay. but the oil, if there's still oil on there, it can go from someone to someone or from something to someone. Um, and actually, I learned from just from reading about this, if you were to like, if you think, oh, I'm going to burn this field or something because it's got poison ivy, you can actually aerosolize those oils in the air then from burning it. And then you could get bad rash in your lungs and your lips and your mouth and such. In your eyes. So not awful. a good idea to burn it. Okay. All right. All right. Great reminders on poison ivy as well. Yeah. yeah. And then treatment then would be, you know, soothing. You know, you could consider. So a Benadryl cream isn't going to be so helpful, but you could take Benadryl for the itching. Oh. Um, but also just as far as creams, you know, like calamine lotion or a hydrocortisone cream to help calm it down. Okay. All right. We have just a few minutes left, Dr. Ellsworth. I wanted to touch on our television program that will be on SDPB tomorrow night. Uh, it's going to be the orthopedic show that you did earlier this year. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that and who your guests were on that show? Yeah, we had uh, orthopedic uh, doctors Matthew Blake and David Jones. And... Um, I thought it was a great show, um, kind of focused on upper body. So the hands and the shoulders and the arms and all different orthopedic conditions that can arise from those areas. And uh, we got a lot of great feedback on that show. And, and I think, uh, interestingly, I had a number of people come in afterwards with some conditions that we talked about. And so I know Dr. Jones let me know he did too. Um, th from around the state mm -hmm. uh, that they weren't didn't know they w could get this treated. Mm -hmm. And so it was great. Uh, you know, one thing that I'd written about then with the, those deputrins contractures where someone might be able to open up their hand completely because there's kind of these thick cords that are keeping their hand from being able to open completely and a, a, a newer treatment with that, that's an injection. And we've talked about that on this radio show, but as a reminder, that can get treated and doesn't have to even be surgery. It can be an injection now. 
um, which is a great advancement, really. Um, and so, uh, so that some people can use their hands better. Um, and so that was a nice to learn about, but also just other hand injuries and, and um, you think about carpal tunnel disease and you think about um, frozen shoulder or uh, rotator cuff injuries, uh, you know, stuff like that that we'd be talking about. Yeah, a great show. So if you missed it, it will, uh, earlier in the year, it will be on tomorrow night on South Dakota Public Broadcasting at 7 p.m. Central. Well, we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Before we go, please do be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This week on Thursday, July 6th, we will be rebroadcasting the show Bones and Groans with Prairie Doc host Andrew Ellsworth and orthopedic doctors Matthew Blake and David Jones. They will answer viewer questions about orthopedic issues such as fractures, prosthetics and orthotics and more. So tune in tomorrow night on SDPB television or look for this episode on the Prairie Doc YouTube channel or Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Andrew Ellsworth for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.